If you want this podcast free of ads, follow us now on patreon.com forward slash David McWilliams. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. economic indicators who knows where this is going to end up to understand the economy you have to understand human nature this podcast is powered by Acast how you doing there it's podcast time hope all is well in your life John Chivers Jam Chivers Jam Chivers Marmalade as well was it Marmalade or Jam well no it was both Right. Did you like no, it? No. Terribly no. sweet. Sugary, syrupy. Yeah. It wasn't you know. real kind of, I'm not sure how much fruit was in that jam. Do you know it was made in Kulak? Was it? I'll actually tell you a story about Kulak. Go on. Right. When I was playing in the over 35s league, <laughs> right? <laughs> over 35s. It was many years league. ago. Many, many years ago. Many years ago, right? And so the soccer league was over 35s, but it was about 35 to 45 was the... Uh, was the age group and I was playing in the Blackrock College over 35 oh, of team. Course we were. But we didn't call ourselves Blackrock College because it sounded too posh. So we were Blackrock. Yeah. Right? Which sounded less posh. And one evening we played an outfit called Vianney Boys in Kulak. Okay. Right. Vianney v- Boys. Vianney Boys is the name. I like there it. wasn't a boy amongst them, right? And Vianney Boys is this you go into a deep estate in Kulak, right? It's not like the San Siro and Ballymun where you actually were playing, which I've done, playing right. within the flats, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it was actually like, it, it was like the San Siro. It was fantastic, right? But, uh, which is actually when I played, imagine Blackrock College school team. We played against a community college out there. Right. And the local centre half says to me. Big lumps out of you. Of course he did. But he said to me, how are you fixed for carpets and rugs and all? <laughs> And I had no idea what he's talking about. I said, actually, our cops are fine at home. And he was talking, he was trying to sell us drugs. <laughs> and all, right. And I had no idea what's going on. But so he's black rock boy. Exactly. Oh, well, actually, my mother's carpets are really quite nice, actually. We actually have a very nice Persian rug. A really you know? lovely Persian rug. But anyway, Fianni boys. So we're playing Fianni boys. And we go out onto the pitch. And they're really property hard. Right? Yeah. And it's over 35, so they've had loads of scraps. Like, these are not novice scrappers. And I'm playing out in the right wing. So the left full is Mark and Manizan giving me all this, how are you, how are you, how are you? And they were saying, 
He was saying to me, you want to be careful of that lad now, the centre half, he's just out of the big house. Right. So he's just out of the joy, right? And then about 10 minutes into the game, we'll talk about Chivers Jam in a second, but yeah, 10 yeah, minutes yeah. into the game, the guy who's marking me looks at me twice and he goes, are you that c***ed off the telly? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I swear to Jesus. And I was kicked lumps out of from Kulak back to Dunleary. <laughs> and my crime was being the c***ed off the telly. <laughs> Anyway, the Chivers Jam. Well played, that man. <laughs> well played, that man. If you are listening, whoever you are, yeah. respect to you, <laughs> yeah. right? But that was the worst thing. I mean, I mean, how much of a target can you be? Number one, you're playing for Blackrock College, over 35s, which is full of barristers and consultants yeah, and yeah. economists. And you're playing amongst these proper hard lads. And then suddenly they realize, your man, off the telly. <laughs> Kill him, right? Anyway. I want to talk about Kulak and I want to talk about flipping houses, right? Mm. A couple of weeks ago, remember we had that podcast, we talked about the government's housing for all idea. And I said it wasn't a bad idea. I said the housing for all was a good, yeah, yeah. good thing. There it was, was a good of, I said that, And I said there was lots of good stuff in it. And people said, no, there's not. And I said, no, there is good stuff in it, right? But and one of the good stuff in it was this idea that they would stop what's called flipping in Yes. Property. Yeah, yeah. Which is when you buy, if you're a property investor, you buy a piece of land. That piece of land is zoned industrial. So it's worth much less than something that's zoned residential. Mm. But it's industrial, you buy it, and this is where the Chivers Jam and Kulak comes in. Somebody bought the Chivers Jam site in Kulak because right. we don't make jam there anymore. Yeah. And it was industrial. And what they said is when you flip is what you do is you come out with all sorts of good, you know, you make all the right noises. Mm. Or as they say in rugby, you show the right picture to the referee. Do you ever hear a real rugby aficionado? So, right, oh, yeah. he was painting a very good picture there. <laughs> Which basically means you're kind of cheating, but you're actually painting a good picture yeah. that you're innocent, right? So you paint a good picture to the council. You say, I'm going to build social housing. We're going to build this, that, and the other. The council eventually say, okay, we'll rezone that land. And not only do you not do it, but you take the land and you sell it on to somebody else, right? Yeah. That's flipping. Yeah. And usually what you do is you end up making a fortune because the price of industrial land is like, let's say, a tenner and the price of residential land is 200 quid. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Or, or 100 quid. You know, it's a huge, huge difference, right? Maybe not that big, but it's a big difference. No, right? but I, I, get the, I get the gist. So, in the context of this, and the reason I saw it, I saw it in the paper the other day, a piece of land which is now going to be resold, having been rezoned. Right. Now, in fairness to a newspaper called the Dublin Inquirer, John, the Dublin Inquirer is a small independent newspaper, yeah. right? And I read it online, online every now and then, right? It covered this story of Chivers Jam. So shout out for the Dublin Inquirer. Because no one else covered, no yeah, one else picked it, it up. Yeah, and it's a small newspaper and it's risky doing this because, yeah. you know, you're going against a big landowner or whatever, and it's actually documented. So it's a Dublin Enquirer documented exactly what was going on here. So what happened was somebody bought the land, right? They bought it off NAMA right. for a really deep discount. Yeah. I think the value was 2.5 million, the whole site. They then made all these applications that they were going to do it up, do it up, do it up, do it up. It's now in the market for 25 million. So 10 a, times. 10 times. Jesus. Right? So it's a 10 times. Overnight. Profit. 
Well, over six or seven years, right? But the point is, nothing has happened to the land to make it any different. It's just that they have right. managed to get it rezoned. Yeah. So they threw all the right shapes with the council, and now it's rezoned. So suddenly, the developer trousers 23 million euros profit, and the state gets nothing, right? Now, the housing for all said, we're going to stop this, yeah. and we're going to split the upside between the state and the developer so that some of the upside goes to the state, so therefore the state can provide you know, sewage, electricity, all those things, yeah. can service the site, and we can provide a significant amount of social housing on that site, right? Yeah, yeah. But of course, here comes a case right in Dublin, which should be a test case for this new idea, where they could say, hold on a second, we're going to use this as a test case, because from now on, we are not going to allow hoarding and flipping. So what happens is... Did this happen before they they introduced that, though? Well, it just went on sale last week. It was only last week? Okay, right, fair enough. Yeah. So it could be. It could be a test case. But the point is, you know, I have nothing, and we should have nothing personally against the developer. They're doing what they do, right? Yeah. But for the society, it's wrong. Because Absolutely. We, Sorry, before you go any further, you know, the price of that land is added on to the price of the house. Exactly. Yeah. So somebody's going to pay for it and it ain't going to be the developer. So like, can you imagine if you are, so we pay the wages of the council. Mm. We pay the wages of Dublin City Corporation. We pay the wages of the, of the county councillors. So we pay these people, which is fine. That's, that's the way society works. But they have enriched they have enriched one individual yes, as opposed to the whole society. And that's why it's wrong. It's this idea that the collective matters, the community matter, right? So in the Chivers Jam site, which I decided we should call the Jammy site, because <laughs> right. they've been very jammy, right? <laughs> what you have is a situation where the state can come in and say, hold on a second, this is not right. It's a test case. From now on, if you want to buy land, and the upside is going to be as a result of a stroke of a pen by a bureaucrat who works for the state, we're going to split the difference. Yeah. Because that makes complete sense. Yeah. Now, what that does is two things. One is it prevents land hoarding. So what happens is developers buy the land, they wait until the upside or the upswing in value, they bank that upswing before they sell. So they go to the bank and say, look, I have on paper here a site that's worth a million quid. I know it's going to be worth 10 million quid. You do too. Give me liquidity for 10 million. So actually what it is, we can make, we in Ireland, because the banks always lend to property, we render illiquid assets liquid because the banks lend against them. Yeah. So we have the crazy situation where hoarding and flipping is rewarded by the state. And somebody pays those rewards, and that's you and me and everybody else. And the case in Kulak is a classic case in point. And it strikes me that everything that is wrong with the Irish housing market, you should look no further. This is it. This is the whole thing. It's like the developer makes money. The builder ends up having to build. As you say, the cost of the houses goes through the roof. And so, nobody benefits except the developer who just bought the land in the first place and the land was made valuable by the state. So when you talk about it being a test case, I'm all for that, but 
who actually takes that case? Well, no, this should be, this, the state should say, look, here's an example. And um, what we're going to do, so basically what happens is there's a bill was put forward, mm. right? So remember the housing for all was an idea. Yeah, yeah. That will become a bill and that will be passed in the Oireachtas. That's how the procedure goes, right? And then the Oireachtas will from here on in change the law, yeah. right? But what we could do is say, look, here's a test case of what to do or what not to do. So it's always the case. Remember I always said to you before, testimony is always much more interesting than analysis. Yeah. So if you have a testimony, if you have actually a direct case, you can go to the door and say, look, Here's what we're talking about. Because lots of people say, conceptually, what are you talking about? Builders and hoarders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, say, yeah. conceptually, okay, here's a case. Let's start from here and let's build from there. And I think the whole, the, the developers will still make really good profit. The state will yeah, make their turn and their twist. And ultimately, that's a far better option for the society, not just for the individual. And, you know, we've always said in this podcast is we've got to think about the collective. Now, after the ad break, I'm going to tell you about something I read recently, which suggests that not only is the housing market a problem with prices and quantities and mortgages, but if you don't get housing right, your society falls apart. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So when you when you're talking there about the Chivers site, the Jammy site, the Jammy site, the Jammy site, you know that is a test case that should definitely be pursued. Yeah. But there's a lot more to that. You know, not only does it add to the, as you were saying, to the actual end price of the house, but there's a whole series of ramifications and implications to that. Well, there was a really interesting paper I read the other day called "The Housing Theory of Everything." Okay. Right. <laughs> okay, just Google it, the housing theory of everything. And what's this saying? It's looking at all over the Western world, the increase in house prices, stratospheric, okay, increases mm. in almost every major city. 
And it's trying to say, okay, what's the implication? Because economists always say, well, not always, but it can be quite narrow. It's prices and mortgages and debt and whatever. These guys were trying to look at the societal impact of house prices and incredibly expensive house prices. And the mm. first thing they said is, and you can see this in Ireland, right? People who would live in the city or in the country or in the town leave because it's too expensive. So that, that's that idea. Yeah. When you and I left here, we left here because we hadn't enough jobs, not because we didn't have enough houses. Yeah. But last year, 26,000 graduates left Ireland. Now about 40,000 came in the other way. But just think about the 26,000 who left, right? It's estimated that in the West, and Ireland has got a very high cost base, it costs about a million euros, a million euros to educate a child from junior inference all the way through to the end of university. A million quid. All the the teachers, the buildings, the insurance, everything. So it's a lot of money. If you're losing one of those, it's a deadweight cost to society. If you're losing 20,000 of those, that's 20 billion quid in just deadweight costs alone. So it's a huge amount. So the first thing is, John, this extraordinary, extraordinary deadweight cost to society. The second case is all these hidden costs. There's so many hidden costs, right? Because social capital, you lose good people, right? That's the first thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secondly, like all these other hidden costs, the major one in Ireland, but all over the world is inequality. Because the figures for inequality are the following. We spend so much money trying to get income inequality together. We've got taxes, we've got, you know, subsidies, we've got everything. But wealth inequality is largely based in this country and all of the countries on housing wealth. Yes, of course. I'll give you yeah. the figures for Ireland, right? And the rest of the world is a bit like the wealthiest 10% of households in Ireland own roughly 54% of the wealth. The top 30% own close to 85% of the wealth, okay? And the bottom 10% have negative wealth because their debts are greater than their assets, right. right? Yeah, yeah. So when house prices rise, because house prices are the majority of people's wealth, right? When house prices rise, what happens is the very wealthy get wealthier and the very poor get poorer. Of course, yeah, yeah. So inequality is profoundly amplified, profoundly, profoundly, profoundly by house price increases. So not only do people leave the country, which is a cost, but inequality, which is a massive, yeah. massive deadweight cost, right? And then, of course, you get the, what I would call the lucky inheritance person. So you get the kind of the Tim, nice but dim, who gets all daddy's money. <laughs> yeah. And they end up on the top of the society, not because they're brilliant, but because they actually inherit Just all this money. Out of luck, more than out of This huge luck. And then you think of other things, for example, family sizes. Family sizes, right, have fallen in all Western countries. Fertility has fallen. And they've done surveys about the difference between how many children, women in particular, say they'd like to have and how many they have. Yeah. So in Ireland, the latest figures we have, which were quite a while ago, said that actual fact, most Irish women wanted 1.7 children. We're having right. 1.3. And right. the question is, is expensive housing part of that? Are people saying, you know what? To have a bigger family, we need more bedrooms, but we can't afford more bedrooms. So you can see even fertility is changing. So look, not only is the society becoming more unequal, not only are we losing graduates, but we're actually having less kids. I mean, this is all going on yeah. and it's all a function. So the idea is to see the hidden cost of house price inflation. And then you look at other 
crazy, crazy things. Like think about climate change, right? We know that the more dense the population, the better it is for the climate. So the more people who live in apartments, the better it is. And I'll give you a statistic about a country like yeah, Ireland, right? Course. The ratio of apartments to apartments and flats to houses in Dublin is 35 to 65. So 35 apartments to every 65 homes, right? In Paris, it's 99 to 1. Right? Wow. So that shows you what dense living is about. Yeah. And when you're living densely, you're not commuting, you're not driving. Everything is energy efficient or more energy efficient. So even climate change is profoundly affected by house prices. Because yeah. unless you're living in dense areas, you're being profoundly, profoundly inefficient. And I'm just going to leave you on this one thing, obesity. Go on. So exercise, obviously, is related to obesity. Ireland is one of the least urbanized countries in the EU. We have the second highest obesity rate. 26% of Irish adults are obese, 2020. 26%. This is significantly up from the 18% in 2014. So over six years, right? And meanwhile, half of Irish adults are classified as overweight. Why? Lots to do with commuting, driving, sitting in cars, not walking around. And drinking pints. Well, of course, drinking pints. <laughs> drinking many pints. Yeah. But if you were drinking pints yeah. and running around the place. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's so what point. you see, there's another figure, which is, where people are living as opposed to where they want to live. The central bank recently published a report and it estimated that there is 100,000 households, that's 5% of all households, comprised of people who have chosen to live with more people than they would like to do so due to affordability. That's people living with their parents. Right, yeah, living, yeah. Right. So basically- Flat chairs and stuff. John, house price increases. It's not about profit and loss. It's about the society and how we live, and therefore everything we do is indicative of what sort of society we want. So in actual fact, it's about, not the bricks and mortar, but it's about the human capital. Exactly. That is the most important thing in the society. Uh, human capital, which is also a terrible economic word. Yes, for, it is. For yeah, people. Yeah. For people. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. John, as I've always Turning said. Turning into an economist. John, as I've always said, and we leave it at this, that economics is about people. And if you want us to understand economics, you've got to understand people and human behaviour. And nothing is more central to people than having a home. Before we let you go, I just want to give you a quick glimpse of a recent TED Talk by Stephanie Kelton. Now, Stephanie, as you may know, has been on this podcast and has been a guest down in Kilconomics. She's a US economist and at the forefront of the new MMT movement, Modern Monetary Theory. Have a listen to this clip. When we hear the word deficit, we probably think of a deficiency or shortfall. Okay, a deficit always sounds ominous. So when we hear that the federal government just ran a $3 trillion budget deficit, it can sound worrying and it can even anger people. But there's another way to think about government deficits. Just as a six becomes a nine, when we view it from a different angle, a government deficit becomes a financial surplus when we look at it from another perspective. Here's what I see. I see what's happening on the other side of the government's ledger. When the government spends more than it taxes away from us, it makes a financial contribution to some other part of the economy. Their red ink 
is our black ink. When you look at it this way, it becomes clear that every deficit is good for someone. The question is, for whom? And what are those deficits being used to accomplish? It matters how the money is spent and who ends up with the resulting surplus. Tax cuts that deliver huge windfalls for those at the top without sparking investment and opportunity for the rest of the population don't make good use of deficits. On the other hand, spending trillions to support the economy during the pandemic put the deficit to good use. We just had the shortest recession in U.S. history. To me, that was fiscally responsible. Being responsible shouldn't mean running the government's finances like a household. Instead of trying to keep the deficit in check, Congress should be focused on keeping inflation in check. That's the real limit on spending. And it's the thing to watch out for if you're thinking about spending trillions on things like infrastructure, healthcare, and free college. Instead of asking, how will we pay for it? Congress should be asking, how will we resource it? So you can hear this TED Talk with Stephanie Kelton, along with loads of other really brilliant TED Talks. So that's TED Talk Daily, wherever you get your podcasts.